Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome into another episode of the Leftovers Podcast. Derek Kramer. Frank Curry. Thank you, as always, for listening here on WGR550.com in the on-demand audio. So, Frank. Yeah. Got another Bills game this week, Friday, on Friday against the Browns. Yeah, we'll get <laughs> the Browns. We'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that. Oh wow, yeah, that's right. The Browns with hard knocks and everything. We'll talk more yeah. on the Browns though. We've got Jeff Lloyd of Lockdown Browns yep. joining us on the podcast in a little bit, actually. So, so listen for that. That's always good. Mm-hmm. Jeff's a good dude. Um, I think the last time we talked to him was after the draft. Yeah, it was post draft. Jeff was our post draft guest, helping us out, breaking things down. And, yeah, no, there's um, there's a lot of intrigue, though, with the Bills side of things here. Josh Allen is getting reps with the twos. Yeah. Constantly, consistently this week. They've thrown Peterman and McCarron into the third string, alternating with the ones and threes. So we might see a lot of Josh Allen with the second team. That'd be, good, that'd be cool to see. We were talking about last podcast about how, how it looked like, like to only see a- Allen with better better players. Yeah, and really it was only looking like a two-man competition, but now this looks different. This looks a little more intriguing. Do you think some of that has to do with Peterman and McCarron both being banged up? No, because they were both immediately practicing. Okay. So I think he's getting his fair look, something that I didn't think was going to happen. That's what I think is going on here. So Corey Coleman's too expected to play. Oh yeah, of course he was going to play. We all knew that was going to happen. You know, this was going to be this just happened to be the first game against Cleveland. Yeah, from the trade from Cleveland. So that'll be pretty interesting. Corey Coleman, Coleman's trade the trade. Yes. No. The way, I mean, with the way it's gone down so far, the the trade would be something like a bigger name. No offense to Corey Coleman, um, like a Jeff Skinner. Uh, I mean, you have Patrick Watt trade, Wayne Gretzky trade. Well, here in Buffalo, I guess. Okay, if you're in Buffalo. Yeah, the Wayne Gretzky trade is the trade. Um, So, no, we can't call this the trade. Back to my main point on that. <laughs> is that we can't call it that. Yeah. Not allowed. We can, call the, can we call LaShawn McCoy the trade? I'll allow it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So... Josh Allen's getting rest with the twos. Yeah. Which is very interesting because we were starting to think that this was turning into a two-man competition. Mm-hmm. So Peterman on Monday, he was with the third team, and then back to the first team on Tuesday, and yeah. vice versa for A.J. McCarron. He was the first team Monday, mm-hmm. third team on Tuesday. There's – what does this mean? I have no idea what the quarterback rotation is going to be. That's what that means. It, it, 
for all we know, it might be a similar rotation as to the first preseason game. Josh Allen starts. What? What? That would be uh, that. That's not even what that's I was the referencing. Big thing. But okay, that's the big thing. Nobody knows. Yeah. Again, this could be this could be the coaching staff just giving Allen the opportunity to work with better players to see how his de- see how the development is progressing so far, or see if it's progressing so far, and see if certain things that he did on Thursday are going to look better with better players. That that may all be what it what what it is. And then Friday comes around, and he's with the threes again. He's playing with the third team again for that game. Maybe playing the entire second half again. But this time, having the, having that be working with some better players might be maybe what the coach staff is going for is Allen working with some better players will allow him to elevate the third team players. Yeah, in a, I, in a way, and then see if Allen has that ability to potentially take over. Hmm. That could be where they're going. I might be completely wrong. Allen might start Friday. He might. He might. I mean, the way way it's going. The way this competition is going on right now, we don't know what's going on. We don't know what's going on. And you know what this means, by the way? What? No one's going to know until game time. Yeah. Hour before kickoff, probably. Yeah. Is when we'll actually find similar out who's to, starting. Similar uh, to Thursday, because we didn't find out who was starting until like a couple hours before the game. Similar to last week with that game. We found out an hour or so beforehand. Yeah. Less than an hour before. Was it less? It was less. It was at 610. Wow. I know. Yeah, because you were here. I was here. Yeah, yeah. Scouring the Twitterverse for anything, everything that I could get on it. Yeah. And I didn't get anything on it. <laughs> It's it is what it is. I'm not going to yep. be bitter about it. No, of course I'm not. just going to say, of course not. Expect more of the same frustration because that's just what it is. The only pattern that we could actually read into. Should we be here, excited by it before you go into that? Should we be excited? Not knowing who it is about how about how how they're kind of rotating this week with Allen being with the twos and then. McCarran Peterman alternating. It adds intrigue. And it allows for more of an evaluation if he plays against the twos with the twos. I don't expect him to start. I don't. Because no. you need the competition if there is a favorite right now. If I had to take a guess. Get them the reps. If I had to take a guess, I probably would say McCarran starts. Yeah. So based on the pattern, by the way. If it's a rotation and they're truly sticking to a rotation from practices and preseason games, the only hint I can give you is that it could be Peterman. And here's why. QB order on the day before the Carolina game was McAllen and then Peterman. It was McCarron, Peterman, Allen in that final practice before the Panthers game. Peterman ended up starting. Today the QB order was McCarron, Allen, Peterman. If they're truly hitting a rotation here, and those guys, McCarron and Peterman, have been rotating with the ones and threes, that would mean that Peterman starts again hmm. based on rotation. That is the only thing I can give you. Literally the only thing I can give you. 
Yet it doesn't. And it is pure speculation yeah. because I can only say that it could be Peterman. Because and yet, the, you know, this it doesn't, not that anything. doesn't feel like that would make a lot of sense in a QB competition. It wouldn't make sense in a QB competition, but what it does make sense about is if they're sticking true to this rotation thing, and Sean McDermott has said we're sticking to a rotation. Right. This is the only way that that could make sense. Okay. But the other way it could make sense, though, Frank, is, well, Peterman started the first preseason game, so McCarron will start the next preseason game. Cause my, I, I'm because thinking, there's a rotation. I'm thinking despite what, what they're doing, mixing the, QB, mixing, mixing the QB so far this week, I'm still kind of thinking McCarron's going to start and play with the ones. They're going to go, and it's going to be similar to Thursday's game. Last Thursday's game, McCarron plays the first quarter with the first team. Peterman plays the second quarter with the first team, and Allen plays with the third team the second half because they want Allen to get as much game time as he can. Yeah. Uh, and they're probably going to – and then knows. in terms of, of the actual offense too, I would probably expect the same thing. They're going to let them sling it. At the end of the day, nobody knows what's going to happen here. Yeah. We don't know what's going on. It's I wouldn't say it's stressful, but it's definitely like, come on, let's let's at least see something here. Because it's preseason, no defense is going to pl- game plan over who the starting quarterback is in a preseason game. Not yeah. the second one, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the third. Maybe. 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 So I wouldn't The third really... one would be more interesting because that's the dress rehearsal game. Exactly. And they should know who the week one starter is by then. They, they should. By the way, just like last week, Sean McDermott has already informed the players of who will start on Friday in Cleveland, but is declining to reveal the choice again, just like last week. As expected. As expected. You knew he wasn't going to say anything. Yeah. So it is what it is. We're going to find out on Friday. We're going to find out late on Friday. Game is at, like, what, 7.30? Yes, 7.30 so on we'll Friday. So probably find out around 7. Probably. <laughs> Maybe six forty. We'll see. I'm not going to take bets on with the actual time that we'll find out. That's probably a good point. But training camp opened and now closes. Yeah. With the same question: Who's the quarterback, though? Yeah. Nobody knows. We don't know. Kind of, kind of expected that still. I mean, yes, but at the same time, it's just one of those things where you would have liked to have some form of uh, an answer. Instead, we actually now have more questions because Allen is getting time with the twos now. Yeah. And that means it's actually starting to look like a three-man competition for the first time. So now you have to think to yourself, okay, now what? And the answer to that is I don't know. Mm -hmm. Could Josh Allen rip up the twos and next thing you know – He's getting starting consideration for week one. Could happen. Do Peterman or McCarron take the step back and give the other one the favorite and the inside track on the competition? Could happen. And finally, how much do each game weigh in the player's evaluation? That is another problem. There's a lot of questions to this. Now, are you ready for something terrifying, Frank? Something terrifying? Yes. I don't know if I'm ready for something terrifying. Kevin Benjamin took one rep in practice today. Did not see the rest of the field that day. 
standing on the sidelines today with his helmet off and watching with an ice pack on his knee. Great. Yeah. Great. I told you I didn't want to hear something terrifying today. Well, sorry I had to give it to you. No, I, yeah. It's... But other than that, injuries were as such. Uh, Trent Murphy still has that nagging groin injury. Yeah. Brandon Riley has a rib injury. He suffered in that first preseason game. Marco Avis Lewis, a defensive tackle, he has an ankle injury. Ray Ray McLeod practiced today, but he had a red non-contact. Mm-hmm. And then Calvin Benjamin today being banged up from today's practice. I'm fine. I if... doubt he sees more than seven snaps if this is the case. I'm okay with him just not playing at all Friday. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Just like McCoy. I don't want him playing. Yeah. You saw the dress rehearsal game, yes. I think they should I think both of them should at least play and lead a couple series. In mm-hmm. the dress rehearsal game against Cincinnati. Yeah. But that's it. Yeah, that's fair. And it, I think especially be, especially because is this the same knee that he had surgery on? Cuz didn't, didn't he have knee surgery over in the off season? Benjamin I think so, yes. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure he did cuz it was something that had been bothering him. It might be it might it, I would assume it's probably the same knee. Yeah, I would really think though that, you know, if it's a soreness thing, they're just holding him out possibly for precautionary reasons, which Completely would make fair. sense. Which makes a ton of sense. And then they might hold him out of this game and then play him a little bit more in the third game and then hold him out of the fourth game and Of there course, you go. none of the starters are playing in the fourth game. You Most see, none. You see you say that. With two active competitions, not sure that's the case. I think for guys who, well, I think for guys whose rosters, roster spots are a guarantee right now. So, Shady, Benjamin. Yeah. Those are guys, those two right away are guys who I would expect to not play in that last game. Right. The guy, offensive line, yeah. I would expect some of those guys to play. Deion Dawkins is a guy who I don't expect to play that game because his his spot's set in, sto- set in stone. I'd really say a lot of their spots are set in stone on the offensive line. It's just that center position where Groy and yeah, are you might see it out. you'll probably see both of them play. The receivers, I mean, if we're assuming Curly and Holmes are on the team, maybe they only play a series or two, and then let guys like Streeter. Ray McLeod, uh, Brandon Riley, let them do, let them battle it out and see who who has a possibility to make the team. Yeah. Um. And there's, then uh, yeah, yeah, there's going to be a wide receiver or two that actually ends up as a surprise cut based on what's going on. Yeah. Because Ray Ray McLeod is really fighting for a job. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that he's he's been banged up now too because. I would expect that last game you're going to see a lot of uh, you're going to see a lot Taiwan of- Jones, Marcus Murphy, and Tavares Cadet. Yes, and maybe a little bit of Chris Ivory. I would I would doubt. That I would doubt. Really... I would say maybe a series. Yeah, I wouldn't even say that you're going to see a lot of Chris Ivory there. I would or expect more the bit. other three. I wouldn't even say a little bit. Um, my other thing is this: with the wide receivers, Ray Ray McLeod, Brandon Riley, um, those are guys fighting for what might factor into being one roster spot. Yeah, because. Think about the receivers. Benjamin, Jeremy Curley, Andre Holmes, Zay Jones. Corey Coleman. Corey Coleman. There's five. Are all five considered to be locks? 
I would say that confidently with four of them. Yeah. But if you've got four and probably a fifth that are high chance to guarantees, that means you're maybe fighting for one roster spot. Yeah. And that means Brandon Riley or Ray Ray McLeod is going to be cut. Mm -hmm. Now, I know Brandon Riley had played well last preseason, but this preseason, not so much. Then again, we had this happen with a similar name. Chris Hogan. Yeah. Hogan came into Bill's camp, lit it up, and then the next thing you know, okay, cool. We got Chris Hogan. But then the next year, he had a little less than inspiring of a camp. He still made the team, but... It just reminds me of that. It looked like he took a step back. Yeah, it looked like he wasn't doing the same stuff. Yeah. It kind of felt like, because that first camp, he he had something to prove. Yeah, well, it's not that. I mean, every year you want to make a a statement. Every year you want to make a statement. Because you're this unknown guy. Yeah, but every year you want to make that statement. I wouldn't even say it's anything like that. Well, as as I say, like, it's just more of you want to make He was struggling with some drops. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, what's, what's up with Chris Hogan? This year, Brandon Riley, he is not doing the same thing that he did last preseason. He has the longest catch of the game from the Carolina game, 59 yards, which is strangely enough tied for the most receiving yards in the first game. Benjamin did it on four catches. Yeah. Riley found the seam on a deep post route, and next thing you know, 59 yards later. I think there's going to be a disappointment at the receiver position when someone gets cut. Mm-hmm. There's going to be something there. Yeah. part And a large part of that has to do with Zay Jones is healthy. Zay Jones is looking fresh in camp as it closed out, which is huge for him and huge for the Bills. Great news. Because if Zay Jones is healthy, that's great. Yeah. And if Zay Jones is playing well and motivated and sharp, better. Because you need that. So I'm excited to see Zay Jones. I'm excited to see Corey Coleman in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same here. Now, here's something interesting for you, defense-wise. Matt Milano's been rotating in with other players on the weak side linebacker. Keenan Robinson saw time with the first team today, rotating in with Milano. And one of the big questions heading into the season for me was, can Milano handle the workload of a full season? You saw him do it in flashes as a rotation player last last year. year. Yeah. It looks like maybe he is not capable of handling that as an every down kind of backer. So you better hope that you've got some depth at linebacker this year because you might need it. Granted, I'm not there every day. I don't know for sure. But we'll talk to people that do know and that are there every day because we're going to need all the insight that we can about this. Bill's training we'll camp. To, we'll have to see how it plays out Friday. Yeah, but Bill's training camp, it's wrapping up. It's yep. done. St. John Fisher College, you can't go see them anymore. Sorry. Well, that means I can't go see them either. Oh. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, but again, another training camp in the books for the Buffalo Bills. Enough now on the Bills, because now we got Jeff Lloyd joining us, Locked On Browns, and the man is here to help us talk about several things about, well, Buffalo's next preseason opponent. Not that we're going to ride too heavily on the fact that they are a preseason opponent, but the Browns have been interesting because of uh, this one thing called hard knocks. Jeff, how you doing, man? I'm good, guys. How's everything going? 
It's been uh, fantastic here as always. And uh, I've got to say, though, after watching some of Hard Knocks and catching some of it, I th- I'm suddenly never more proud of a Bills head coach ever in my history. <laughs> um, it, it wasn't – I mean, the first episode, I mean, you kind of got to take a little bit of it with a grain of salt. I mean, you know, Hugh – you know, I, look, I'm not, I'm not a fan in any means. But, you know, dealing with the personal stuff he was dealing with, you can understand – um, but it, just some of the things that are going on, and, and when you have guys, you know, new to your organization, saying this is the reason you you sucked, this is the reason you were one in thirty-one, and you know, you, you know, I always, I keep thinking of the meme. This is fine. This is fine. <laughs> you know, you got you got players. You got Todd Haley telling you this is the way we view you. We viewed you as soft. You know, this is what you got to get rid of. And uh, it's 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 okay. It's okay. Uh, I mean, I'll be stunned because, I mean, with the schedule that they have in front of them, it's a tough schedule. So, I mean, I don't know if there's going to be a lot of wins to be had any way you slice it. But I'd be out and out stunned if Todd Haley was not the interim head coach of this team somewhere throughout this 2018 season. Yeah, Todd Haley seems to have – Todd Haley seems to be just only one of several major personas throughout this hard knocks that that fans are really getting a glimpse of here. I mean – you're talking about how insane Greg Williams is looking. Um, and if there's a feud between the two of them, especially that I saw one camp report about uh, they were hitting Baker Mayfield, and next thing you know, Haley's screaming at Williams, don't touch the quarterback, good teams don't do that. Hmm. And Greg Williams responds with, oh, yeah, well, then block them. So it's kind of looking like there's a lot of personality clash, and Hugh Jackson's the one that has to be the one to eventually address it. Yeah, and that's the thing. And and you saw the one part, you know, where he's talking with, you know, the both of them, you know, well, I've been on the other side of, you know, where you guys are. Todd Haley won 10 games and coached in a playoff game, for God's sakes. I mean, these aren't like, you know, 31-year-old guys, up-and-coming coaches. And, you know, look, Greg Williams, does that surprise you? I mean, you know, what went down in New Orleans? No, it doesn't surprise you at all. But in the same respect, though, you look at Pittsburgh and Ben Roethlisberger's dealing with a concussion right now. Hasn't played any preseason football, so keep your hands off the goddamn quarterback. I mean, there's a reason they wear a red thing. But, you know, Greg Williams, I mean, he's an envelope put. I mean, he's a pusher. He's going to do it. It's just the way he is. I mean, he likes to get a rise out of people. But, you know, at least Todd Haley's the guy there. I mean, it wasn't Hugh Jackson who said, hey, get your, you know, Baker Mayfield's the key to anyone staying employed. It wasn't Hugh who did it. It had to be Haley. Yeah, it's kind of insane how uh, how Hugh Jackson's going to end up just sitting back sometimes here and let these two coordinators almost argue with each other it's going to be an interesting development throughout this year but Jeff we have you on here talking about the Browns what's been going on out there in Cleveland that you know if people haven't been able to catch any of hard knocks or you know if they're not keeping up on the Browns which I know many people here wouldn't um next thing you know they see uh they see the Bills getting Corey Coleman for the uh really the translation of chump change and What's going on out there in Cleveland, though, that uh, that you could see a little more in a positive light? Uh, well, I, I mean, it, the weird part is, is you know, it, I don't think it was where Corey Coleman was as a player. Look, he was he was still you know having some issues running underneath patterns. That's not his game. It's not Corey Coleman's game. He's a chunk guy. He's a vertical guy, and it would have worked out well because Jarvis and Landry, uh, Jarvis Landry and Duke Johnson, what they do really well is you know work underneath juke linebackers, juke safeties, create separation underneath. Both excel in that role. So, you know, to knock Coleman for not being good at it, 
doesn't really make sense because he wasn't going to play that role anyway. I mean, granted, in camp, everybody's got to do a little everything. But, you know, come game day, that wasn't going to be what they were asking him to do. Uh, Jarvis Landry, uh, I've already started to eat a little crow here. He, he's been phenomenal. Um, you know, not just the speech and what he's brought into the wide receiver room and to this team, you know, got into a little bit of a fight yesterday because somebody hit him a little too hard. You, you, you see you see the game. Uh, the, you know, athleticism has been questioned with him, but consistently creates separation, gets open. Obviously, you know, uh, had the one big, you know, one big reception versus the Giants last week. The passing game on a whole has looked really good. Tyrod Taylor looks sharp, obviously had his nice drive. Um, Baker Mayfield, it, it just everything is advertised to this point. You see why the Browns wanted him at one when there were three, four, five options. Um, you, what you get with a 23-year-old, which may have been different when you were dealing with, you know, three guys who were all 21-year-old underclassmen. Baker at 23, the fifth-year senior. Uh, there's no, it's just everything. He just went right in and went to work. The mo- nothing was too big for him. Uh, he was able to use his eyes, manipulate the pocket. He, you know, two uh, had two solid scrambles where he knew where the back door was. Knew he had the yards, but still went through his progressions, realized nothing was there, and then slipped out the back door, picked up the first downs on both drives, looked very, very polished, you know, for, which you should as a 23-year-old rookie, but in a weak preseason game, you should look good. But, you know, that's what you want to see. You don't want to see any false steps or missteps. Yeah, Jeff, uh, another thing about this, I mean, with this second game coming in, we could be looking at a collision course in the second quarter of Baker Mayfield versus Josh Allen directly. And, I mean, I speak mildly for uh, some Bills fans here when I say that Allen looked looked pretty decent. I mean, he didn't do anything that terrified me. The completion percentage was a bit more of an anomaly than anything due to some drops. But I was overall encouraged after being someone that had to be talked off the ledge on draft night about Josh Allen. I was encouraged about what I've seen from him. So we might be seeing Allen versus Mayfield in the second quarter. And uh, how excited would you be for that? Well, I mean, look, I mean, obviously guys like us, we're turning into a preseason game regardless, but you like to have some juice to it, absolutely. And these two guys going against each other, you would like to see Josh Allen get reps. And this is what I, I found most impressive about Baker, Baker Mayfield is there was a touchdown pass to David Najoku. There was a touchdown pass to, uh, you know, Antonio Callaway. These are the guys Baker Mayfield's going to be going to war with here in Cleveland. You know, obviously Josh Allen threw a bunch of guys who were either going to be selling insurance or substitute high school gym teachers or practice squad guys. You want to see Josh Allen get closer to the guys who are going to be on this 53-man roster. You want to see if that clicks. Um, obviously where Corey, Corey Coleman is at, it looks like Corey Coleman's probably going to run with Josh Allen. So, you know, here are two guys that were drafted extremely high. You know, obviously Josh Allen all drew a lot of question marks. Corey Coleman is in, you know, kind of like purgatory right now, the way people view him. So you're going to get to see those two work together. And, you know, you want to see Josh Allen start working up that up that depth chart. And Baker Mayfield, look, you want to see another clean week, you know, put together. You know, you'll get Tyrod for at least the first quarter, maybe a little bit more. But uh, And even with Baker, you want to see more just, you know, like easier stuff and ad-libbing. I mean, they ran the basic set stuff. You know, now Baker is going to get a little bit more comfortable where he can read and give an audible a wink to a wide receiver. Hey, this cornerback's being lazy right now. I'm just going to throw you a smoke and we'll pick up a quick six, seven yards. Because you saw Baker after every play, head was right to the offensive coordinator. Let's go, let's go, let's go. So obviously you see with Baker a guy who's grasping things rather quickly. Yeah, so I mean, again, there's a lot to – there's a lot. And like you said, guys like us, we're going to be watching the preseason games no matter what because, uh, well, we're, we're, we're football no, we're, dorks. I, I'm cool with that. We're <laughs> actually excited about 
the young quarterbacks All right, coming into the league, especially with Allen. I'm sorry to bring this up, Jeff, but you know the trade of Corey Coleman and then immediately after that, Antonio Callaway getting cited for possession of marijuana and everything like that. And I, I know you were one of those that uh, was, A, already not happy with the trade, and then, B, when that came out, uh, it almost looked like one of those same old Browns kinds of things there. Well, the first thing was, is, you know, we had talked, you know, all draft season long. Yes, I felt that wide receivers need to be addressed. And the thing was, is we felt that Josh Gordon was a question mark. I also felt that Corey Coleman, due to a couple of fluke hand injuries and never got to play with a good quarterback, was a question mark. So you needed other guys. Jarvis Landry's looking to be like a fantastic move. So maybe you needed to draft a guy. But you went and drafted another guy who was questionable. You needed... So that was, you know, that was the problem. Now you got three question marks. And look, Corey Coleman's in Buffalo. Josh Gordon is not in camp. And look, I love Josh's game as much as anybody. But if you're not here, when are you going to be here? We don't have an answer to it, so you can't figure it. And all of a sudden, now Jarvis Landry is your wide receiver one. The Antonio Callaway news. Now here's the thing: didn't call the team, say, look, here was the deal. Look, guys, I know I kind of came in with a reputation as a screw up. I swear, none of this had to do with me. He didn't tell the team. So what did the team do 15 hours later? Trades away Corey Coleman because they're pissed off at him, and they sent him away for a 2027th round pick, which might as well be you know a token for the you know for a freeway. And it, because the, and the, the thing is, is if you want to be believed, then tell the team. Don't let the team find out on their own, and then got to go to you about it. He looks great on the field. Uh, you know, granted, giving more playing time to someone is not a form of discipline. However, Hugh Jackson wants to slice it which just seemed another, you know, Hugh moment where you just got to shake your head at the guy. But look, he looked good. It seems the, the police believe his story. It seems the Browns believe his, believe his story. I am sure right now someone from the NFL has either been in there or is standing there with it waiting for a urine sample. And, you know, I mean, we'll see where the chips fall. But he looked good on the field. But right away, you know, not even within, not even within a preseason game, here he is around, driving around at 3 o'clock in the morning with a suspended license and a roach under his seat. Yeah, that's – worse things could be drawn up from that. I mean – It can. And, well, obviously it's yet to be determined what happens there with Cowboy, but at the same time the biggest thing I think was it, it hurts that he didn't tell the team there. It, re- it really does. And with all, this late, with all this latest news, especially around the receivers with Josh Gordon not being there and the Callaway charges, there's been a lot of rumors going around about Des Bryant coming – to the Browns or, and Cleveland being interested in signing him. Um, what's the latest on that? Uh, to, to, today's Wednesday. Des Bryant's coming in Thursday for a visit. The Browns are home this week, so obviously they're not traveling on Thursday, so they'll be there. It, it's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, you got to think there's something there. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't think Des Bryant is just going to Cleveland for the hell of it. I think maybe he does have some thoughts. It does make me wonder more about Josh Gordon if he's ever going to show up anytime soon. Des Bryant, the player, I, I don't think there's much left in the tank. And, you know, Des can be, obviously, be a feisty guy. Is he going to come in, you know, knowing, hey, your max might be 50 receptions this year, but we'd really like you to, you know, give Antonio Callaway some pointers. We'd really like for you to give Rashad Higgins some pointers. David Najoku, obviously a big body guy as well. Hey, is there something you can maybe give him that's going to help the light even go on, you know, brighter for him? Is that a role Des Bryant wants, or does Des Bryant still think he's an 80-plus, 1,000-yard guy? It's going to be interesting in that. And the other thing is with Des Bryant, who's made a boatload of money, you know, is he, is he going to be all right with, hey, $1.5 and here's some incentive money after that? 
It's going to be interesting. Uh, but I think that it does tell something that his first stop is to Cleveland. Uh, I mean, you know, if he had other offers, you got to think they'd be more appealing than going to a 1-31 team that kept their head coach. Yeah, and not to mention, it also might speak more on what's going on with Josh Gordon because there's always a mystery there. The man has not returned, has not reported to camp. And the questions arise now, is he going to play this year for Cleveland? And if they're looking at Des Bryant to take snaps for that, maybe that's not going to be the case. We don't know. But uh, what are your thoughts there with the Josh Gordon situation? I mean, every day I grow more and more nervous. But uh, I've been telling people I'm setting a Sunday date because now you're going into week three. This is, you know, this is the preseason game, the dress rehearsal. So you're actually putting in a game plan, you know. So is he going to be here for that? If he's not, then, I mean, what's he going to do? Show up Wednesday and they're going to kick off an opener the following you know, week one on Sunday? I mean, look, I understand, you know, he's got a lot going on. I mean, I've heard bad things. I've heard good things. None of it, you know, enough credence to repeat. But, you know, obviously the guy's working out every day and he's doing football-related things. Well, you know, for the best thing for the Browns, whether or not it's the best thing for Josh Gordon is, is that he's doing them in Ohio, not in Florida. But is this to the point that, you know, I mean, he's got to worry about himself. You know, he doesn't need, you know, football needs Josh Gordon probably more than Josh Gordon needs football because it's got him on this altered path in his life. But he's trying to stay, you know, on the straight and narrow with everything he's doing. But every day he's away, it seems like maybe it's going to be harder and harder for him to come back and keep himself right while dealing with the demands, uh, you know, of being an NFL talent. Jeff, it's going to be fun watching this game on Friday. And, oh, hang on. I got one more question. I got Frank's one more got question. One more. Um, is it tie rod or tell rod? <laughs> Why? That's, that's, yeah. I have for, to ask. The, the, thing is, is, the thing is, is from Virginia Tech to Baltimore to Buffalo to Cleveland, you know, he showed up at all these places for the first time. Why didn't Tyrod Taylor say, hey, guys, look, it, you know, my name's been getting butchered a little bit. And who knows? Because I, there, I, he I said Tyrod. Yeah. yeah. No, but why is it Joel, why is it Joel Batonio saying it's actually Tyrod? Yeah. It's kind of interesting that you left. And it's, I will say it's all interesting. <laughs> it's all interesting. The one thing, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The, the Go thing ahead. Is, yeah, let me just say, the funny thing is, though, is, is I know there are Bills players, uh, Browns players, who dislike Browns media. So Joel Batonio might have just done it for the sake of, you want to know what? Here you go. Have this one, guys. And now these guys are going to sit around for a week and a half, you know, maybe calling him by the wrong name or maybe finally getting <laughs> calling him by the correct name. But after a decade, I think we should know whether or not his name is Tyrod or Tyrod. The, the only thing that I think there is some merit to is there is a clip of – of his mom actually calling him Tarad. Back when he was well, uh, back when he was in high school. Well, you I mean, you would think, but why wouldn't I mean once you become the starting quarterback of an NFL franchise, wouldn't you say, guys, for God's sakes, I'm QB one now. Let's pronounce my stinking name right. <laughs> He's the the worst and most the frustrating thing is that he has said Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. We get clips of the players saying their names before we put them on for our you know when For, we uh, when we game day. when we do yeah. the broadcasts when we have you to guys get... work at a radio station you have to have audio of him saying his name incorrectly well, yes we do we do that's we do that's what makes it so interesting too and there's a lot Joe of played it back like... yesterday actually he did on, on Bulldog he played it back and it says he says Tyrod Taylor yeah. <laughs> 
and, unless he's just, unless no. he's just pulling a Joe, unless he's just pulling a Joe Theismann, and after a while, just decided, hey, maybe it'd be cooler if they said it this way. I mean, for me, there's really no other way you're going to pronounce Jeff Lloyd, so I guess I'm stuck with mine. Uh, uh, yeah. You know what? I'm going to try it out. Uh, Hef Lloyd, uh, <laughs> the soft J. <laughs> Jeff Lloyd. Jeff Lloyd. Jeff Lloyd. Jeff Lloyd. Lloyd. Not all right. We're done. Jeff. Jeff, taking this game, and uh, you know, uh, thanks for coming on as always, man. I appreciate it, fellas. Anytime, you guys know that. Hey, before you go, let the people know where they can find your work. Uh, guys, obviously, you know, uh, check down the Lockdown Brown uh, podcast available on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever your podcast needs are. Uh, we're up and running for business. I mean, it, it's so hard to fill the summer hours with a daily podcast. So, what you really need is football every day, and you know, whether it's good football, whether it's bad football, it's hard knocks. Or it's the drama what goes on with Hugh Jackson or inside that building in Berea. Or if there's a name Lockdown called Tyrod or Tyrod. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I actually have a I actually have a Brown beat writer coming out tonight, so I, I cannot wait to dive into that one. There you go, Jeff. Thanks for taking the time. As always, it's fun talking to you. You got it, guys. Have a great day. How are you doing, Jeff? That's Jeff Lloyd of Lockdown Browns, and a draft aficionado like us, mm-hmm. and always a fun dude to talk to. And, I had to ask. And alleged self-master of the, uh, self-appointed master of the grilled cheese. Oh, yeah. He, he, he's a, a he's, I should have asked him about it, the, the technique he has for grilled cheeses. He, yeah. He puts mayo on the bread so that it doesn't burn the bread. Instead of any, I, instead of putting anything on the pan, so it's an interesting little technique. But the thing is, for me, the downside of that, and I would never try it, is this: I would have to keep mayo in my house. Yeah, mayo, and mayo is, is super meh. gross. Mayo's, mayo is met for me. I don't mind it. Every, I just wouldn't have it all the time. If I'm making a grilled cheese, I'm not using mayo for it. What I would, what I would use is butter, but. Again, did you see the thing from the Ottawa Sun yesterday about millennials now killing mayo? Yeah, and Bro, I saw. I only saw it because you I, retweeted it. I have never been more proud like, of us. Yeah, I've yeah, never been I, more I, proud of us. I, I I'm, not, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with. It. If we're gonna kill mayo, let's kill it. <laughs> I, I can live without mayo. I can live without that. I, like I guess I, I like it. I don't mind it, but it's not something I would have all the time. So if we kill Ugh. it, Ugh. nothing changes for me. Mayo's gross. It's not like it's ketchup and it. mustard or I can't do it. Um, peanut butter and jelly. If you kill that, then like my life's over. <laughs> my life would be more. Life might be over. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think millennials are that capable. I don't think so. That's either. a hard thing to kill. Yeah. Mayo though is actually gross. Yeah. So there's that. All right, Frank. Do we got any hockey stuff? Has Sam Reinhardt been signed yet? No. No. It's a great day for the Sabres to sign Sam Reinhardt. All right, TJ. (laughs) One of our esteemed colleagues, TJ Luckman, he He tweets that out every day. Yeah. It sounds like a great day for the Sabres to sign Sam Reinhardt. Yeah. And every day would be a great day for the Sabres. Right now, let's just uh, sign a new contract. Yeah, that's right. How about that, though? The 6.25 cap hit on Ryan Ellis? It's not bad. That's actually really good. Not bad. How How have the Preds not won a cup again? Reasons. Pecorini? Was he too good? I don't. If he was too good, they would have won. He's too good right now. I mean, Winnipeg, which is better. That is true. 
But yeah, that's a great, nice contract for a good player. Mm-hmm. My biggest question though is Roman Yossi. When does he? Is he? What kind of con? What's his next contract going to look like? That's true. But again, like you look at that deal and you're just like, come on. How do the Preds manage that? Yeah. How do you how do you squeeze the books like that? Because I think Pecorino is on the last year of his deal, his contract right now. And they better hope UC Soros is ready, man. That's the thing is that they are banking on Soros being ready. But you've got your hands. You know what? It really helps too that they got Arvidsson for four and a quarter for a few years. You've got and Turris and Forsberg are on for six. And that's Roman Yossi, right? Roman Yossi's still under contract for another two years at four million. And Matias Eichholm is less than four million for the next four years. So signing get, Ryan Ellis to that, it's pretty good. And you get three years on an entry level with Ellie Tovanen. Yep. You got PK at nine. Rene's on last year's deal, and you got Saros for another three years while still being an RFA after that at one and a half. But it's like such a large gap, though, with the rest of this team. You've got PK at nine million per year, yeah, and then next year it kicks in. Ryan Ellis is at six point two five, and then and then after that, it's another steep drop off to Roman Yossi. Yossi is going to be thirty when that contract is going to come up. So you probably he probably resigns. You're gonna they're going to hope to try and get him for like five years. They're going to hope to either try to get him for five years or on a decent cap hit. Yeah, because you don't want to shoestring yourself there but yeah, yeah you're right that seven million dollars does come off the books with pecca Rene after this year and i probably would expect them to move a guy like craig smith who's at four and a quarter as well when you look at their cap space already it's not that bad i think they're fu- they're fine they've they're, got they're seven fine. they've got seven six they've got money to spend next year in the year after that and then they got some uh, interesting prospects too, um, and they're already a good team. Yeah, it's so the Predators should be illegal, is what I'm saying. Sure. <laughs> the big thing too is they got to resend Fiala. Yeah, that's true. That's gonna be big. It's gonna be big, but I don't know if it's gonna be that big. No, probably not. Yeah, it's gonna probably be a decent. Some, another he has a, decent he has contract. Good, he has a good year. Probably gets Arvidsson money. It'll it'll be another decent contract where we're going to be jealous of the Preds and come on man, sure. All right, that'll do it for us here on the Leftovers Podcast. Derek Kramer, Frank Curry. Thanks as always for listening on WGR550.com. Thanks to Jeff Lloyd of Lockdown Browns for joining us today to talk some Browns and you know get a little insight on what's going on there. The drama ridden Cleveland team. It's only drama ridden because there's cameras around. Then it's Cleveland. Then it's Cleveland and Todd Haley and Greg Williams and Hugh Jackson are all in the same presence of each other. And they all got their hands around each other's throats. Well, no. Two have got their hands around each other's throats, and Hugh Jackson's sitting there sheepish, sheepishly looking on going, hmm, maybe I should do something <laughs> so about this? So I think what's going on with that is Greg Williams has his hands on Todd Haley's throat. Todd Haley has his hands on Greg Williams' throat, and somehow Hugh Jackson's head is just in the middle of it. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> <laughs> So if you can put that together <laughs> – that is probably – that is undoubtedly the most accurate way you could have portrayed that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, as always, for listening. Bill's game, Friday right. night. You know where to go. WGR 5. We'll talk about it on Sunday. The, on the AM, and we'll have the reactions on Sunday for you. 
of Bills and Browns. Thanks as always for listening. Training camp's wrapped up. We're getting into the real deal. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.